Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So at 4 o'clock on Wednesday, it was Happy New Year in the NFL. The new league year is underway. The Bucks are compliant with the salary cap. I'm sorry I didn't bring the Auld Lang Syne music with us. I know. That's always a sad thing, actually. I need to pop the cork. Right. What's weird is starting the new year, like because I never. It's sort of like the weeks with me. I don't know when when the week ends and when it begins because we work seven days. It's all the same. Um, every day is Monday. But um, well, we tape a Monday podcast on Sunday, so then it's, you know, <laughs> that's right. And then you know, Tuesday we're recording for Wednesday, and it's, right. it's all confusing. It's all messed up. And then we add daylight savings time to it, or Jason light savings time, or whatever savings time we're in at this point. So yeah, it's all it's all mushed together, but um, significant. Uh, again on Wednesday because it was the start of the new league year and the Bucks had to do some things to be compliant and they did. We'll get to that in just a minute. Um, I thought it was interesting. We had a chance to talk with Carlton Davis who confirmed, and this is no real surprise uh, necessarily, but yes, he had options and yes, having the goat sign or not sign, but unretire and come back to the Bucks factored heavily into his decision no surprise um and it's this we've said this is the tom brady effect we saw with ryan jensen um you know carlton davis confirmed it not that he didn't get paid because he absolutely did and and you know what's interesting you're seeing i think with a lot of these deals you're seeing shorter term deals now and you know it used to be when you would sign a free agent it would be four or five years you know you'd lock the guy up nowadays guys are going for two-year deals three-year deals so on and so forth um, but Carlton Davis getting him back, you know, I think was huge. I think that's one that they were sweating. There's been reports that the Bucks never offered on Jordan Whitehead. And I, I always have a problem with this this idea. You know, it gets out, well, they never offered. First of all, what's an offer, right? An offer is when you put it on paper and send it to them and you have a line five and it tells you what your salary is, I suppose. But But teams don't get to that point unless they think they have an agreement. What they talk is parameters. What they talk about is language. And then once they have an agreement, that's when the contract is forthcoming. You show up, you take the physical, you sign your deal. And like they did, you know, on Wednesday, Carlton Davis uh, did a little video and I'm back for three years. Let's go Bucks, all that stuff. Um, that's, that's sort of the process. And, you know, I, I think they would have liked to have had, you know, him back, but uh, Whitehead back because he's an outstanding player. But if it's an allocation system, I think people forget that, you know, while the salary cap can be bent and manipulated in many different ways, and you can kick the can down the road, it's just like buying things with credit in a sense. But it's still only you only have so much, right? You have to decide where you're going to spend it, and you know whatever your limit is on your credit card, if it's ten thousand, twenty thousand, you know at some point you're going to get there. So, I think with Whitehead, unlike the offensive line position, for example or unlike maybe the wide receiver position where they really had a need, they do have two safeties that have played a lot of football coming back. They do have Antoine Winfield Jr., who's probably their biggest star in, in, in the back end. Uh, and then they have Mike Edwards, who's a ball hawk. Now, they're going to lose some physicality. There's no question about that, especially in rundowns and things. They could mix it up. They could do some things, play single safety, bring in an extra lineman. There's things you can do to account for that extra run defender if, if you're going to play that kind of defense. But I think in the, you know, in the case of, of the safety position, which, is, which let's be honest, um, it's, it, you know, the, the further away from the ball you are, sometimes the less important you are. Um, I, I just don't feel like they felt they could get to whatever he was going to get to financially. And they, they didn't see the, the same value in him. Even though you know they drafted him in the fourth round, you know I thought he's done a great job of becoming a really good player, but they just they decided that their money is better spent on you know the players that they that they've got, and they've done to me they've done a heck of a job, you know addressing all the things 
they needed. And, and, and one that will go overlooked, at least for now, and it's, part, it's not part of free agency, but in a way it is, because they made this deal. The, only, the trade that they made was for Shaq Mason with the Patriots. I don't know what the Patriots are doing, giving away decent players to good players. Um, but Shaq Mason is, is an experienced and graded higher on you know pro football focus than did Ali Marpet or Alex Kappa. So to get a guy who's who's played and still has two years left on his deal that can now give you five fairly proven offensive linemen, um, you know, four of those that you've played with before, I think is is as good a job as, as they had. I mean, they were, they were looking with Ali Marpet retiring, there was a scramble drill, you know, and, and there's still a really pretty strong likelihood that they could draft an interior lineman of some kind um, early in the draft, maybe even with a first pick or now they, you know, the great thing is they've covered themselves and that's what you want to do in free agency. You want to say, okay, if we have to go out there and play tomorrow, what do we look like? Can we function? Can we hold up? The answer now is yes. You, you've got, you have filled the holes. You have plugged the holes, even including, of course, we saw them, you know, get Russell Gage as a free agent from Atlanta. So if Chris Godwin is not ready, you've got a number, a pretty good number two receiver. It's going to be your number three for sure with Mike Evans. And he's going to, you know, now you're sort of in competition with the rest of the guys for wide receiver number four. Oh, and they brought back, on Wednesday, Brashard Perriman, which I thought was very smart. You know, Perriman, for whatever reason, has played his best football in Tampa Bay. He's been, you know, to four other teams where he came back, including the Bucs, uh, over the last four years. Central Florida kid, and his best football has been played right here. When he came back last year, he sort of, they had a bunch of injuries. He sort of supplanted, you know, guys like Tyler Johnson, and he jumped in the lineup. He had the 58-yard walk-off touchdown reception in overtime against the Bills. You know, prior to that, when he was, was with Jameis Winston, um, the best ball he ever played was down the stretch, you know, like in 2019. And that's, that's when he kind of went off and, uh, you know, had that four-game stretch with three 100-yard games and, uh, four touchdowns, and he finished that year with 645 yards and six scores. So when he has played, he's a big physical guy, and that's what they have. They got a lot of big physical guys uh, in, in the receiving core, and they got some speed. But it's going to be a battle for the rest of those spots, you know, um, between guys like Tyler Johnson and, uh, you know, I mean, you got Jalen Darden, the rookie who's trying to come back and make a spot on this team, Scotty Miller. Uh, there's a bunch of guys that'll be fighting just to get a helmet on Sunday. So they've added competition. They've added targets for Tom Brady. They've fortified the offensive line. Um, what else have they done? They uh, made sure their defense and their secondary was going to be solid with the, with their number one cover corner, who they got now for three years. So I think, you know, given their salary cap demands and, and sort of deficits, there's still more work to do, and there'll be more free agents signed. And there's a lot of guys out there that I think, you know, that, that they'll still consider. I mean, Gronk's going to come back at some point, but there's no immediacy for that because I don't think he's, he doesn't play. He retires or he probably plays here. So they can wait on that. Um, you know, and, and, and you can just kind of wait for that. I think they'll pivot now because they're kind of out of money, but they'll, they'll pivot now and sort of see what the value is of some of the guys, whether it's Leonard Fournette, my information, by the way, is that I, I, I don't think Leonard Fournette's going to come back. And I don't know that it's going to be his choice either. I, I'm, not sure, I, I'm not sure how they feel about playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny, in the end. If he gets any money at all. I know, I know Brady liked him, tolerated him, whatever, used him, won a Super Bowl with him. But I'm not, I'm not sure they're not looking to upgrade. And, and running back also uh, is, uh, could be a high priority in the draft. You don't know how the draft is going to fall. So I think... With some of these guys, these next couple of weeks, you know, you have this this first few days, this rush of high profile, high price free agents, and then the market settles a little bit, and that's when guys that thought they were going to be day one guys turn out not to be day two, day three, day four, or we maybe even week one, week two guys, and then the values actually come down, uh, and and so there'll be a little bit more free agency probably over the next few days. It'll start to peter out. 
like I said, the Bucks are out of money. Uh, for them to do something, they're going to have to redo some contracts. That would include Tom Brady and others. We're going to get a chance, I think, to maybe talk to Jason Light by the end of the week, maybe on Friday, and kind of see you know where they all where their reset is and, and kind of where they where they stand as far as what they think they still have to do. But I think this team, you know, right now, based on who's coming back, you still got a lot of free agents out there of their own. I. I I don't know what they're going to do with Sue. I don't know what they're going to do with Golston. They definitely need an interior defensive lineman. That also could be a high pick in the draft. One of those guys will probably come back. Um, I don't know why. I think it's going to be Golston, but I don't know why. Um, Pierre Paul, I don't think they bid on. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there, there's not many. There's a lot of free agents that still belong to them that are out there, but they're not getting, you know, first or or second day type action, if that makes sense. So they're not they're not high ticket items. So anyway, they've done. I think they've done as as good a job as they could do it. If I'd have told you, Steve, you know what? Tom Brady's going to play quarterback. Let's start there. Okay, then that's pretty much anything you say after that is. Well, Brady. a week ago it was like, is it Blank Gabbard? Is it Kyle Trask? Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah, Mitch Trubisky. Maybe Deshaun Watson, but you got to yeah. give up a lot for him. Yeah, I mean that was a week ago, right? One week ago. Now you have Brady. We did, you didn't know if they had Jensen. They got Jensen. They didn't know if they were going to keep Carlton Davis. They kept Carlton Davis. I mean, they, they didn't know how they were going to replace Marpet. They replaced Marpet. And you know, right down the line, I mean, they addressed every major you know question mark. And and the guy they lost that you know that they like is a safety, but they have two safeties still that have played a lot of football and they're fine. So, I think one week ago we were thinking, oh boy, uh, they're going to lose Davis. I think Jensen's gone too. Um, it's going to be a battle between Gabbert and Trask. Gabbert will probably start the year. You know, Teddy Ballgame will come in here. Maybe he plays a little bit. Uh, five and twelve. Five and twelve. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I had the Bucks at going into free agency. And everything changed on Sunday about 7.15 p.m. Everything. Just in time for the March Madness show. But everything changed. And to screw up our sleep schedule with the recording of the podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah, we were ready. We were ready to go, man. <laughs> you were at the arena. I'm, I'm, done, I'm done with the SEC basketball tournament. Just literally sat down in front of our computer, and then there it was, man. Just couldn't believe it. But glad it happened. I mean, I think... It's going to be interesting. And now, the big question in the NFL, as we do this podcast, maybe by the time you hear it, we'll have an answer. I don't know that we will, but we might. Who will get Deshaun Watson? And boy, oh boy, the list is long. And it includes not one, not two, but all three of the other NFC South teams. Even, and maybe, maybe... (laughs) This might be the winner, maybe including the Atlanta Falcons, which, you know, you didn't necessarily see coming, although Matt Ryan is certainly long in the tooth. They've got to move on from him at some point. But they're, they're a dark horse in this thing that I think you've got to really consider because that is home for him, you know. Uh, grew up in Georgia, probably a Falcons fan, probably a Mike Vick fan. Chance to play with your hometown team. That, that has some appeal. There were some reports that he was calling other free agents that might have an interest in joining the Falcons. Um, I think the best team, if he, if he was just going to say, you know, where can I go and win, right? Where, where can I go and just win, like right now? Where am I going to win a Super Bowl? It's the New Orleans Saints. There's no question to me that's the best football team that, you know, when you remove the Bucks, they're, they're the best team out there for him. You don't think the Browns couldn't? They've always yeah. been missing a quarterback. I suppose. I suppose, yeah. I mean, now, the Browns have everything on paper, but... You've got Burrow and Lamar Jackson in your division. You've lost, your, you've lost some receivers, though, too. Yeah, well, you've added Jarvis Amari Landry's Cooper. Jarvis Landry's gone. Yeah, well, you, Amari you added Amari Cooper, which helps. Yeah, it's huge. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, whether, whether, you, whether you beat Joe Burrow or you beat Tom Brady, you're going to beat one of the best quarterbacks in the league yeah. to get to the... I'm just saying, the, the Browns division. have always had pieces. They've yeah, never had they a quarterback have. and a consistent enough quarterback play. That's true. Yeah, I'll give you the Browns. I will. 
And, and, between... and I say that as well because you've got a first-time coach in New Orleans. That's true, and he's a defensive coach. Yeah, he's a defensive. But I mean, you know, he's been there, but he's not been the head coach. You don't have Sean Payton anymore, right? You don't have Payton. That's a big loss for them. You know. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, look, I, I still think you could go to New Orleans and be very successful. But I also think the Browns offer a lot in that regard too. As far as yeah. immediate, immediately, yeah, yeah. I mean, if he goes to Cleveland, you know, Big Ben's gone in Pittsburgh, right? Mm-hmm. Baltimore has kind of been that up and down team with Lamar Jackson. They just added Zadarius Smith, who signed a thirty-five million dollar deal from the Packers. That's a nice pickup. Um, I'm not sold on any of their receivers necessarily. They've also got they also signed a tackle, which is good. Uh, Moses. So I mean, they've got they've got some pieces. A good coach, good good franchise. Then who else is in that division? Um, Cleveland, Cincinnati. I mean, it's Cincinnati's division to lose, right? You would think. For, I mean, you sure. know, Baltimore always has a good defense. Pittsburgh. Right. I mean, Pittsburgh. The last few years had winning records despite Ben Roethlisberger not being the Ben Roethlisberger we know. But you would think they'll take a step back, right? With Mitch I, I Trubisky. Would, I would think or, so. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they might have a winning record. I, you know, I mean, Mike Tomlin never has a losing record. Hasn't yet. Fifteen but, straight. Yeah. So, Cleveland would be the favorite. I mean, look, wherever Deshaun Watson goes, Cleveland would be a favorite. The Saints may not be the favorite, but you put them even money at least with the Bucks, who they've owned. Mm-hmm. You know, they've beaten them six straight times in the regular season, uh, and four of those with Brady. So, yeah, it's uh, – and in the Panthers, I, I don't I, – I just don't know what the incentive – if he can go to Atlanta – that's closer even to home than the Panthers. I would think the home thing would would attract him since he played, you know, at Clemson, he played in Carolina. But really Atlanta is, is you know, closer to his actual home. So I, I think Falcons, Panthers, like they're both to me I mean, the, the the Falcons might be closer to winning even than, than Carolina. Um Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he'll do. It's gonna be interesting. Because the other thing is he's gonna miss games too. Like this is the thing. People think that he's not going to get suspended. He is. I, I I totally believe he will. And if you talk to people around the league, uh, you know that have been through this process, like I have with Jameis Winston, you know, uh, it's written right in there. There there doesn't have to be an indictment. There doesn't have to be a criminal charge. There doesn't have to be anything. It just you know conduct detrimental. I mean, it's you know, you put yourself in a bad situation. You brought. Negative publicity to yourself and to the league and to your team. Um, you know, 21 civil suits, nine criminal complaints. That, that's, that's not a standard that they want in the NFL. There was no criminal complaint on Jameis Winston. He originally got six games. They negotiated it down to three. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson is going to get six games. Now maybe they'll, they'll barter that down to four. If you think that they're going to give him time served for last year, they're not because that was his own choice. He simply didn't want to play. He got paid. He could have played. Even if the Texans didn't want him to, he could have been on the sidelines or something. Um, so it wasn't a suspension. But So he's going to miss time. So if, even if he goes to Cleveland, he's going to miss time. If he goes to the Saints, he's going to miss time. They're going to have to find a way to win with Taysom Hill for a while. And the Cleveland situation, by the way, if the Browns don't get Deshaun Watson, they're in the market for a quarterback. Because say goodbye to Baker Mayfield. Did you see the letter that he penned to his fans the other day? I don't know anything, though, but here's the my goodbye letter. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen, but thanks for all everything, Cleveland. Was it that, that when he's telling that kid, hey, here's the code for, this, for the house, lock up, number whatever. Six I wonder if he changed the code on the way out and no I one can know. get in. No one can get back in the stadium, yeah. That grass is going to grow. I know that. No one's cutting that lawn. That, that they're gonna have a high, thick grass in Cleveland, and Baker's not getting it taken care of. So, and Mayfield's an interesting guy, man. I part of me want part of me wants to believe in him so much because I just I, I think he's a I think he's a tough guy. I think he's a I think he's a warrior type. I think he wants to win so badly. You know, he he's not one of these guys that's out there jaking it. I mean, he really wants to win. But by the same token, he's had. How many coaches in how many years and how many systems and how many different players in and out of Cleveland since he's been there? I mean, they've had good players, 
But he's had to change a few times. That is always more the than, one question about Cleveland. It's never, it has not been a stable organization. Especially at the quarterback position. Who's the last well, guy that, but you management, know, they've had him. The ownership you question. You, I mean, it's. Yeah. Well, they got players now. I mean, they, got, mm-hmm. they do have players on both sides of the ball. But it's like, you know, they, they never seem to be able to put it together. And, and, and of course, the quarterback has, has bared a lot of that. But now I think it's a bridge too far. And Mortensen had a report, Chris Mortensen had a report on ESPN that said whether they get Deshaun Watson or not, they now have to move away from Baker Mayfield. And the word he used was the Browns want an adult yes, at quarterback. I saw that. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, man. And could you say anything worse than that? Mind you, they want an adult, but they're going after Deshaun Watson and all his problems. Not exactly an adult behavior that he exhibited in, in uh, at least allegedly in some of those massage parlors. But I think, I think it's going to end for Baker Mayfield. And you know what? There are some places out there if they could pull it off. And I don't know how you do a three-way deal, two-team deal, whatever. Um, how would Baker Mayfield do with the Indianapolis Colts? I think pretty well, you know, how would he do in New uh, Orleans? How would he do with the New Orleans saints? About that, yeah. Um, so you know, there's some teams. Carolina Panthers wouldn't mind having them, probably. I mean, there's there's more teams looking for quarterbacks than there are quarterbacks, and I would take a I would take a chance on a first round pick that's at least done some productive things on the field when he's been healthy. Whether you like whether you like him or not, I just you know, again, you play for an organization. It's kind of like what the Bucks used to be, right? When when you were Steve Young or Vinny Testaverde, right? And you were beat up here for a couple of years and you didn't win. Well, they'd go someplace else and all of a sudden it's like, this guy can really play. You know, like there's nothing wrong with him except the organization he was with. And I think that's, that's kind of be kind of how people look at Baker. So it'll be interesting. Russell Wilson was introduced as the Broncos head coach. That was fun. Well, that would be news if he was introduced as the head coach. Oh, I said good coach. I'm sorry. I was looking at Nathaniel Hackett when I said it. Well, you know what? He might as well be because well, Tom let's be Brady's honest. the GM here, so you know it's Russell's team, right? Nathaniel Hackett cut up there and went, "Wow, holy bleep, Russell Wilson!" <laughs> it's so funny, man. It's like, like that's the reaction that everybody had a few weeks ago, or a week ago. Um, Wilson, ever confident, saying he came here to win, and then quickly thereafter, you know, once the league year began and they could announce the trade. The Seattle Seahawks put it all on Russ and said, well, that's what Russ wanted. He wanted something new. So don't blame us that we traded him because he wanted out of here. You know, despite what he said at the Super Bowl and everywhere else. Go Hawks. So now let's go Broncos. But Russ is a Bronco. That's a heck of a division. Man, I I tell you what, those games every week, they're going to be crazy. Herbert, Carr, Wilson. Wow. And, I, I mean, how about, you know, how about what the Raiders have done on defense? You know, I mean, they've done a heck of a job fortifying their defensive line. Uh, you know, I think they still have some work to do on the offensive side. But there's some really good edge rushers in that division now in San Diego. Whether you're talking about Khalil Mack, it's going to be every week's going to be exciting, and the Bucks will get to see a lot of those teams. Or Chargers some of those got teams. J.C. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, best corner in the game, mm-hmm. or available, I should say. Yeah, yeah, one of the best in the game. It's a great division, outstanding division. So the AFC West is going to be where it's at. I, and really, you know, when you when you break down the NFC, depending on where Watson goes, if he goes to an NFC team, that changes the balance of power a little bit. Um, if he goes to the AFC, it's just another guy over there, right? The AFC now loaded with quarterbacks. But I'm pretty confident in my prediction. We said this yesterday. Now, I'll give you the Saints not knowing who their quarterback is. Certainly if Watson's there, they're in. Um, but it's the Rams, the Bucks, the Packers, the Dallas Cowboys. I'm done. If there's, a, if there's a team, a sneaky good team, Philadelphia, I don't think it'll be Washington necessarily, you know, uh, Minnesota. I, I don't know there's going to be a team that comes out of the woods or out of the weeds. You mean Mr. 59 and 59 and 2 with making over $250 million or $230 million? Her cousins? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man. You like that. I just, it's the amount of money he gets guaranteed every contract, and his record is 59, 59 and 2. 
And it just goes to show you, though, like numbers. Why, if you just look at what he produces, like his, you know, mm-hmm. always, always, you know, completion percentage, yards, da 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 da. I mean, it's a team game, so you, you, the win and loss record is all on him. But yeah, no playoff success to speak of. But he's been, he's, you know, like he's a solid quarterback. Like he's, mm-hmm. he's in, he's in that second, maybe not third level. Like he's, if you start calling roll, it's you're not going to take you long to get the Kirk Cousins that I'd say three fourths of the team would love teams would love to have. You know, that that's who look that's who Shanahan wanted from the get go and couldn't get him. You know. And that's then since then they've gotten Garoppolo traded a bunch of you know, traded a second round for him. They've traded three first round picks for Trey Lance. I mean, they've they still they're still trying to find their quarterback. Mm-hmm. And 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 he'd have been fine with Kirk Cousins. In that offense, they'd have lit it up with it with the group around him. But so unless somebody some surprise team pops out of the NFC, I, I think we got a four, maybe five team race. And that's to be honest with you, and, and Sean Payton has said that he goes, you know, realistically there's four or five teams from each conference that can go and win the Super Bowl and win it, you know. Um, and and I think we know who they are, but we'll see. All right, we got uh, got some mailbag questions. Uh, Brashard Perriman is back. I think I mentioned that thirty. Uh, you know, came back for one year, and that's a good good decision by them. So they're pretty full at the wide receiver position. Cameron Brait. And Shaq Barrett restructured their contracts. Break took another pay cut, essentially. He's been doing this now for years and years. Break's 31 years old. I think he's played eight or nine years here. And he uh, he's going to get $4 million a year the next two years. At least that's what's on the books. So he stays. And, of course, they get more cap room from um, from Shaq Barrett. And I think there'll be some others coming down the pike um, here in the next few days. But the Bucks are kind of out of money, so I think they're kind of in a holding pattern. I think... I've been told all clear uh, as far as additions go to this football team for now. So they'll quickly be pivoting to the draft here. And like I said, there might be one or two or some restructures here or there, but uh, I think this is where they stop for now and see what the draft brings them. And then there's always a secondary free agency after the draft as teams get quarterbacks and players. And, you know, the other thing is uh, the next after Deshaun Watson, the next big question mark is where does Jameis Winston go? I mean, you would you would assume to some degree that like if if Watson didn't go to the Saints, that they would be interested again in Jameis. You would think, you would think, but you don't know what ultimately what they think of him there. Sean Payton's not there anymore. Pittsburgh's already got their quarterback in Trubisky. Um, I I'm not you know Cleveland's going to need a guy because they're going to get rid of Mayfield, and I would assume that Atlanta would stay with Matt Ryan. Carolina's going to need a guy. He could. He's got two two chances to maybe land in the NFC uh, NFC South. So we may still see Jameis a couple of times, but he's kind of that next guy, right? Waiting to see where Mayfield goes, waiting to see where Deshaun Watson goes, and then there'll be there'll be some more action on the quarterback position. So anyway, we had some more mailbag questions. I know uh, that we didn't get to, so we can get to those now if you want. All right, we'll start with Bob. He says not to put a wet mop on the Brady on retirement. But would you rather have Deshaun Watson, minus three number one picks, for the next 10 to 12 years, or Tom Brady for one year and all your picks? Because I suppose it depends upon what we have in Kyle Trask. Well, it's a, it's a fair question, and I think a couple things. One, if if you knew you could get Watson, see, there was still some, I mean, there's as we just rattled, rattled off the number of teams, I never felt that, that that Bruce Arians felt confident he was ever coming here. And and that, that could be, at first I thought, well, he, he mentioned the ownership, and then I thought, well, when you, there was no indictments, it's probably not the ownership, but but again, Watson has a choice. Uh, there's compensation involved. The, the Texans are going to try to steer him to get the best deal they can get from, you know, get the best back from him they could. But assuming you knew you could have Watson, 26, really good quarterback, um... I don't know. I, I listen. Tom Brady can win a Super Bowl right now. Um, every year he plays in this game, every other year he's played in his career, he's gone to the Super Bowl. But every year he's played, he puts you. He makes you relevant. He'll make you more relevant than Deshaun Watson's team. Deshaun Watson came here. There'd be a lot of buzz about it, but it wouldn't be like with Brady. It's just I've done the Brady thing for two years. There's 
There is nothing like it. And when they go into these quarterback matches, you know, against Mahomes and against, uh, you know, Stafford and, and all these guys that are going to be playing next year, it'll be Brady, 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 Brady. Brady moves the needle in the NFL. It's great for the league. It's great for business. I'm, I'm a product of that. I know that. I see our subscriptions. I see, um, you know, the amount of attention that the Bucks garner now. One year of that with a chance to put that trophy. Look, you could win a third Lombardi trophy. You could win two in three years. It's realistic. It's tangible. You've done it with this guy. You've done it here with this guy. That was the hope when you got him out of New England, but he actually did win it. And then last year, he got you really one bad defensive call away from the, the championship game with a chance to play to go again. Um, I think I would take Brady. I, I understand the question, I, and, and it's, a, it's a good one. You know, it's just that you don't, there's no guarantee Deshaun Watson's going to work out. And I don't know what pushback we're going to get as a, as a fan base if, if he came here. Look, a lot of people are upset about, about any team uh, wanting to sign Deshaun Watson. I've been reading the comments from Cleveland fans, from Saints fans, from Falcons fans, you know, every fan base. Uh, they see those 22 civil suits and what they represent and they are they are not wanting to to have that on their football team and so you know it's not just Deshaun's talent you buy you buy the whole package and the suspension so I think wherever he goes I with the suspension looming they may not win right away but you might have him for 10 years so I get that part of it but there's no guarantee in football what I do know is Tom Brady makes you a Super Bowl contender right now and he has filled that stadium. He has created a buzz in this city. Um, there is no, oh, yeah, but, right, aside from this question, he's old. He's 44. That doesn't seem to slow him down. Didn't Last year he led the league in passing. So It's not to say you only have him for one year, too. There's a possibility you have, too. This is the thing. We don't know. We really, really, really don't know, right, what, what caused him to retire in the first place. And and whether he's just coming back for a year. I mean, I think when you get to be 45, it's, you know, you're year to year. Let's be honest. No, This is rare air. Only Tom Brady has produced this much at this age at the quarterback position or really any position. Okay? So, no, you know, there's, there's no ceiling here. We don't, but we know it's closer than the floor. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like, maybe when he, you know, he went out and he thought about retirement for 40 days and then went right back to mama's arms, you know, like, uh, get me back on the football field. I'm a football player. So who's to say, I, I'm pretty sure from a salary camp standpoint, they're going to do what they did a year ago. They're going to give him an extra year on his contract, spread out some of that salary, push some money back. So he can easily say when people ask, Hey, what's it going to be like as you go around and this is your last year, he's going to say, whoa, 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 I'm signed for next year too. You know, he's not going to want the retirement tour. But he's retired once, and it didn't look too great. So if he goes out there and he plays well and he's healthy, plays well and healthy are the two big things here. If he thinks he can win a championship by the way he's playing and the team he's got, he might come back again. So, yeah, there is a chance of two years. There's always, I mean, who, you know, look, he retired. Who thought he was coming back? I mean, we, we mm-hmm. thought there was a chance. He said never say never, but it wasn't, it wasn't a slam dunk. So, yeah, you could, you could say, well, we might have him for two years. So I, I would just say Brady because uh, there is nothing like this guy. Like uh, he is Haley's comet. I would is. take Brady, and it's how many for how many years now has Aaron Rodgers been considered the best quarterback in football? Great point. How many Super Bowls point. has he gotten to in the last? 10 Outstanding years? point. Wins MVPs, four MVPs, but he doesn't bring you the ring. There, that, there's an intangible to Brady mm-hmm. that maybe Deshaun Watson has, maybe he doesn't. We don't know yet. Yeah, I don't think he's been on great teams in Houston. Right. Although you could argue some of the teams Brady was on in New England weren't great. Weren't all that good either, yeah. Although they pretty good coach to help. Mm-hmm. But there's an intangible to Brady that I'll take one or two years of Tom Brady over 10 to 12 of Deshaun Watson, and I I probably have more world well, championships rings. with one to two years with Brady than Deshaun Watson. The odds would tell you that. That's a great point. And another point to that, just to build on your point, is – you got another year of Tom Brady emphasizing those things that are important to the entire football team. In other words, mm-hmm. every guy on that football team is going to be up in a bit. They're going to be focused. They're going to work harder than they've ever worked. They're going to understand how to win games. 
it's another year of the good of the culture that he brings to that building. Um, everybody is on point. It's 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 Super Bowl or bust. Um, there and are another no e- year for Kyle Trask to learn. Yeah, under Tom, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which you know, if one year was good, two years would be better. He's gonna make Kyle Trask better, whether Trask gets on the field or not. He just is. You know, he'll know what it looks like and feels like and smells like. And the other team, the rest of the team on both sides of the ball will know it too. Um, they would have benefited from that this year. I think they might have done better than some expected because of the residue um, that was still in that building. And, I, I, again, you get a third year. And the other thing to consider is this. Even though they won the Super Bowl the first year, I thought the second year it was about injuries. Mm-hmm. That, that's all I thought it was about was injuries. They overcame everything, right, to get within – you know, a bad defensive call or a stumble from going to the championship game. I mean, the the amount of injuries this team had. But from an offensive standpoint, it was way smoother, right, than the first year when they were 7-5 and five and, you know, they had to have a, a, a kind of a detente with Bruce Arians and try to figure out what Brady needed to make the offense look like his. From an offensive standpoint, you get both your, all your coaches back. You get Bowles back. You get Leftwich back. You get all those players who have been in the system now going on their third year, their fourth year with this coaching staff, but their third year with Brady. Brady in the third year in the system is going to be Brady than the second year in the system. What was it Clyde Christensen told me the other day? I wrote a story about this. Uh, that, you know, Brady's already, hey, here's what I can do. Here's what we can do. We can do this, 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 this. I mean, year one to year two, they said it was light years difference. Year two to year three, now you're fine-tuning, right? Now you know your personnel. Now you know what you can't do, right? As much as anything, you know what you have to, and you know what you need to do better, and you and you know that it's unsustainable the way you did it last year. So you have to make some changes. So I I think there's a potential. Maybe he doesn't throw for five thousand yards, but they might win more games. You know, there's a potential that they're better in year three than they were in year two under Brady. Why would not that be the case? Why would you think it wouldn't be the case? So yeah, there's I. I I tend to think just because we've done it and Watson's the unknown, you know, that I tend to think, yeah, I, I think Brady, you have a better chance of putting a trophy in that case, and that's what you play for. Though Sean Watson could be here six, eight, ten years and never win one, you know, may not sniff one, who knows. But we know that Brady, just based on his history, is going to get you in the show, and he's going to give you a shot. And if you get him in, if you get him in the postseason, as we saw even against the Rams when the offensive line was bad, when the defense didn't play well, he brings you back, you know, down 27 to 3 and ties the game up um, and gives you a chance to go to the championship. So that's what Tom Brady can do. And, and there's just no evidence that Deshaun Watson yet is in that position. Plus, plus, look what he'd have to overcome. He doesn't know if he's going to be suspended. He doesn't know what the reception is going to be in the organization or outside of the fan base, right? He's going to face some stuff. He's got to overcome some things. He's got a PR problem. When the Cleveland Browns presented him, you know, they tried to, everybody's come in there and try to sell him on their team. One of the things they presented him was how to, how to minimize the damage, the PR shot that he's going to take. They, they actually presented that to him. Tom Brady has no PR problems. <laughs> None. Except when Antonio Brown takes his shirt off and starts yelling about not getting the ball. I mean, that's, that's as close as it gets. So I think, um, I, I think, yeah, it's a great question. I think Tom Brady. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Robert emailed you. He said, did the Bucks tag Chris Godwin knowing that Tom Brady was coming back? If they did know, was Tom's return the reason they tagged Chris Godwin? And if they didn't, did the Bucks showing they're willing to pay an elite to keep elite receivers like Godwin a factor in Brady's returning to the team? I'm not sure they're going to tell us when they knew what they knew. Um, I, I heard that it was for sure they knew three or four days before he announced it on Sunday, which would be, mid, let's say, even mid last week. They tagged Chris Godwin on Monday, uh, a week ago this past Monday. Uh, 
So it was March 1st. So I don't know that they may have had no, which they may have known the wind was blowing in that direction that he was seriously close to or considering it. I don't think he informed them when I'm talking to them, I'm talking about Bruce Arians, Jason Light, the ownership. I don't think he informed them until maybe as late as Friday, but probably not any earlier than Thursday. So it would be hard for me to think that they knew definitively that he was coming back. But if you're talking to him as much as they said they were, um, I think it's the reason why as, as, as late as the combine, Jason Light said, well, you always leave a light on for a guy like Tom Brady. I think it's the reason why, at least publicly, they didn't make any big leaps at a free agent quarterback. You know, they were doing their... They were doing their due diligence. They were working behind the scenes. You know, Russell uh, Russell Wilson was not in their plans. Um, they had evaluated these guys, and 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 you know, they, Deshaun Watson was somebody they were looking into, but not in a public way. Um, so I think they played it right and and left made it easy for him to come back and say, "Let's go." Um, but I don't I don't know that the fran look the franchise tag both both Chris Godwin. Whether whether Brady's the quarterback or not, the Bucks wanted Chris Godwin back. I mean, hell, he's you know he's an elite receiver, led the team in receiving, missed three games, right, almost a hundred catches, so they wanted him back. Um, and their options were reach a long term deal, which they just weren't able to do. And we're not in negotiations; we don't know what the holdup was, but they they didn't want to just turn him out into the open market. He would have been snapped up in a heartbeat, ACL or no ACL. So they franchised him, and you know whether they. Whether that was a signal to Brady, I mean, yes. Does Tom Brady want Chris Godwin on his team? Yeah, hell yeah. And he probably wanted Russell Gage. From what I understand, the day before Gage signed, he called Russell Gage and said, "Hey, man, want you guys want you to be a part of what we're doing? We're gonna do something special here." You know, and Brady had only been agreed to come back like a day, and so um, it has an impact. But I think either way, the Bucks would have franchised Chris Godwin, and we're willing to lose Carlton Davis as a result of it which tells you how much they love Chris, you know, because Carlton's a hell of a player and Chris is coming off an ACL, but it's, it's for the long term. You're trying to get them to a multi-year deal. And eventually I think that's what they'll end up with. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they knew, nor do I think it would have changed the outcome if that makes sense. I think whether Deshaun Watson was going to quarterback this team or Blaine Gabbert was going to quarterback this team, this team was better if Chris Godwin was going to play with Mike Evans. And then look what they've done since. They get Gage, they get Perriman back. Uh, you still have, you know, the receivers from last year, Tyler Johnson and, you know, Cyril Grayson and all those guys. But Chris Godwin was just a – he was, like, like Jason Light said to us at the Combine, I, can't, I couldn't really fathom starting a season without Chris Godwin. And so they weren't going to either way. So I don't, I don't think it has much, uh, much or anything to do with Brady coming back. Now, whether he looked at that as a good sign, I don't think he was surprised that they franchised him, but I'm sure he's happy that he's back. All right, Walker had emailed. said, I know the Bucks announced that they will not wear the creamsicle throwback uniforms until 2023, but now with Tom Brady playing this year, might they try to force the issue and pressure Nike to get the supply chain issues figured out? It could, only be, the, it could be the only chance we have to see Tom Brady in the throwback uniforms with a handsome Tom Brady-like pirate on the helmet. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I, I I don't think you can take that chance. I don't know what they have to do to get those supply chains going, but, man, I would do everything I could. It looks like that Nike has told them, though, because you're not – here's the thing. You're not just talking about we need 53 helmets and uniforms. That's easy, right? But what you want to do is when they put those babies on, there's going to be such a demand for them that you want to have thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands of those things available for sale, you know, Unless, unless you just say, ah, we'll back order them and then they'll get them in a year or two. Because everybody, everybody's going to want to wear those babies. You know, you see a Brady 12 in orange. I mean, what, what, that's, what, what is that going to be worth, right? Um, so whether they can get enough to play and just say, well, you know, sorry, folks, we're going to play in them, but it'll be next year before you can get a cop. Get them. I, I don't know. I don't know that Nike rolls that way. They want to maximize. Here's another theory. The sales. Do we know if Tom likes orange? Because maybe he only came back this year because they delayed the creamsicle uniforms. <laughs> well, we don't. I mean, I maybe ask. that's why he retired. He, he was like, I'm not wearing that color. I'm not wearing those things. <laughs> I will ask. It's a great question. And I'm, I got to put that down on a list because I got to remember, I remind me to ask him that. Like, hey, what do you, how do you feel about orange? Like, if, you're, if they said you had to wear it this year, would that be okay? Um, I would ask. 
It's a really good question. I, my I mean, guess I mean, is G- he, maybe Giselle's against that collar and was like, you know, I, I, I'm, know. I can't be in the stands wearing that. I've always thought they looked goofy until everybody thought they were cool again. And then I'm like, you know, but you know how it is. Like what was out last year is, is you know, what was out, what was in in the 70s is back in the 90s and then gone again until 2020, you know, from mom jeans to you name it. So um, halter tops. I mean, you know, uh, I got daughters, as you can tell. But it's, you know. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's just, you know, it has to happen, right? Like, can you imagine how many number twelve Brady's they would sell? Of course, number twelve in orange has always been Doug Williams, or Trent Dilfer. I say Doug Williams, you say Trent Dilfer, but I, I mean it's always been that. You know, to me, number twelve will always be Doug Williams because I grew up, he was the quarterback of the Bucks, and so um, that's what I think of. But to see Brady a Brady twelve, they I couldn't imagine how many of those they would wait, sell. Wait, 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 Rick. If we haven't learned anything from the last two years, 12 and orange will always be Tom Brady, even if he never wears it. That's how big he is for the Bucks right now. You're right. You're right. Yeah, nothing really. Actually, nothing had happened. I'm pretty sure the O2 team doesn't exist anymore. I think they, the only Super Bowl people will talk about was the one to get with Tom Brady. Um, sadly for them, uh, life began with Tom. So you're right. right. I hope they do it. I, I don't think they will, but I hope they do it. From what I understand, though, it's 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 just that it, the supply chain is about is about filling the orders, right? It's it's about mm-hmm. the marketing that they're going to the the boom they're going to get from when they put those babies on. Those they're going to be sweet too. I used to love those. I used to love the throwback day. Not just the uniforms, but they do the whole seventies thing with the mm-hmm. music and the whole thing. It was great. So, all right, Ernie emailed regarding those two footballs that sold for obscene prices. Tom's last TD pass and the last football he touched. Of course, the footballs aren't worth what they went for because Tom is playing again. But anyway, how does the buyers know what that they are what they're alleged to be? I mean, it's not like the footballs have the time of play on them or anything uh, definitive. Well, actually, they do. Um, each football is numbered. And, I mean, in addition to photographic evidence, because generally, you know, there's shutter speeds going off at, a mile a minute, you know, a frame a second, um, they can verify them because, uh, you know, the Bucks, each team, the way it works is each team has their own footballs. I think it's 12. If you know anything about the flake gate, you would know this. And you come in there and they're, they're all, you know, there's, there's the Buccaneers footballs, there's the opposing team's footballs, uh, and you can, they use their own, you know, from their own sideline. There's, there's little numbers on each one. Um, I think we saw that with his 700th TD catch. Uh, when you see him displayed, it'll say 435 or whatever. And so they can authenticate him that way. Um, they'll know which, which ball was in the game because there's only 12. And, you know, generally they play with less than 12. They play, you know, they'll get two or three or four that the quarterback really likes out of that, out of that bag. But um, so they're not as hard to authenticate as you think. And so, um, you know these 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 footballs were presented. You know it, it's interesting because the the auction, as I understand it, happened just hours before Brady made the decision. I believe. I think it was Sunday when it went up to five hundred thousand, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the other football, because I know the guy that represented the dude that had it, the Lenny, the, and I still couldn't believe. I was like what could Leonard Fournette's football be worth? I mean, because Tom touched it last. Like, that's the last football he, he put in some guy's stomach. It went for it went for over, I think, $200,000. I think Reebok bought it, if I'm not mistaken. It didn't go on auction. I thought it was 518000 No, that was, the, that was the touchdown pass. Oh, okay. Yeah, the other one went for about two hundred. But it, it, was, it was just a – what did Tom do? He just put it in a guy's stomach, right? The Leonard Fournette touchdown. Um, and so what is that worth? He's not like Tom Brady's not going to, you know – have 12 balls, footballs a game in the next 17 weeks and during the regular season that he's going to touch, right? It's just that they thought that was going to be the last one. Now it's not the last one. So that guy made a good deal getting rid of that because if he sold it for 200 k it wouldn't be anything close to that with Brady coming back, you know. So the moral of the story is if you get a football, you know, dive, guard it with your life, run out of the stadium, and then hang on to it because it's worth something. But – they can authenticate them. It's not, it's not a uh, as as difficult a science as you might think. You know, you can't just run to an auction table and go, "Hey, I got a football," and they go, "Oh, it looks like a football." It's like no, they can authenticate them, and they and they did. 
All right, we'll switch sports here. And TV Sports tweeted us, any additions to the Rays? What's their ceiling and floor record in playoffs if you predict them making the playoffs? Well, I'm going to say they make the playoffs. The additions we're waiting for as we do this podcast is, uh, is Freddie Freeman going to be part of this team? Because if he is, oh, boy. Well, it doesn't look like the Yankees are in on him anymore now that they've signed Anthony Rizzo. That's correct. As we tape and this, then, then we're taping this at uh, about 6 o'clock on Wednesday afternoon or evening, right. whatever you want to call it. I think Toronto made an acquisition too, didn't they? Or yeah. one of those now, other Toronto's teams? much improved in the division, and they were good last yeah. year. Yeah. They had a lot of arms this year. As the pitching was their problem last year for the most part. The Yankees have made some trades. They got rid of Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela mm-hmm. in order to get a shortstop. They're, the Yankees are trying to bridge a couple years of shortstops. They don't want to sign anyone long-term because they have a couple young studs in the minors mm-hmm. that they don't want to sign a guy, you know, give an eight, ten-year contract mm-hmm. and block those guys. So they're trying to piece together shortstops, which is why they got rid of Sanchez and Urshela. Mm-hmm. Um, so the division's going to be – look, it's going to be a tough division. I mean, you know, Boston was good last year. The Yankees were good. The Rays were good. The Blue Jays were good. All of them are going to be good again. Mm-hmm. Orioles are still going to be the last team in the division, I believe. But it's going to be a, a tough division. Freddie Freeman's lineup in that uh, – bat to that lineup would be incredible with the Rosarena, Wander Franco, Brendan Lau, possibly Austin Meadows around him. I mean, that, that heart of that lineup is as good as anyone in baseball at that point. Yeah. If they can get that done. still think he probably goes to the Dodgers. but Yeah, my guess is he'll take, he'll take the big market team and, and, and you know, uh, over some question marks as to whether the, the Rays will continue to field a competitive team year after year while he's still here. I mean, you don't have to worry about that in L.A. I mean, Andrew Friedman is going to, Spend the money, and he's got the money, and and they're gonna, you know, always be in contention out there. And it is L.A. It's you know, land of stars and all of that. So, just depends on what Freeman wants. I mean, he's you know, he played in Atlanta. Does he want to stay in the South? Does he want to stay in a small town, like or smaller market than than the number two market in the country? Um, what does he think? I mean, you know, just looking at it, I mean, the Dodgers are going to be a favorite to go back to the World Series mm-hmm. uh, every year. So. You know, you want to be on a contender. I think I think Tampa Bay will contend in the American League East, and usually if you come out of the East, you're going to do pretty well in the postseason. But the, like you just mentioned, like all those other teams, the Yankees, the Red Sox, mm-hmm. Toronto, they're all really good. So they're probably, you know, I guess San Francisco is, is, is beefing themselves up. They look like a strong team this year. Um San Diego so still has a ton of talent. San Diego has a lot of talent, so it's not. Although it's not Tatis a Jr. may miss the first half of the season. Yeah, I saw that. That was that's disappointing. I still wonder, and look, I don't think the Rays are done making moves before opening day, and then no, they'll make moves any time. Yeah, I still wonder if they have enough arms to get through the season, to get enough innings out of those guys. Yeah, knowing you're going to have some injuries in that. You obviously don't know to who, but. You know, they basically, you know, the way the Rays look at things is 162 games times nine innings. That's how many innings we got to get out of our arms. This guy slotted for 100 innings. This guy slotted for 50. This guy slotted for 130, What you know, whatever it is. And they slot these guys for how many innings they expect them to get. But I just wonder, you know, I think that they kind of ran out of gas last year at the end. I think their arms just kind of ran out of gas. They, you know, it went from a 60-game schedule to 162 last year. And well, they're we, banking you know, on young pitchers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're banking on their young guys, mm-hmm. you know, uh, getting better and, and giving them a lot of innings. So Yeah, I mean, Drew Rasmussen and Luis Patino getting better. And, of course, Shane mm-hmm. McClanahan. And, yeah. You know, maybe you get Glass now back in September, but I don't count on it. You know, so you can't – I don't think you can go into the season expecting that. But yeah, they've lost I mean, it's, Colin McHugh went to Atlanta. They've you know they made some money for some other pitchers that were with mm-hmm. them last year. But don't they always come up with these guys? I saw Robertson went somewhere. Yeah, no, I mean, I, like I said, I, I question whether they have enough, but I don't think they're done making moves. Yeah, and so yeah. who knows what will change between now and say opening day, and then you know opening day in midseason, and and you know yeah. as, as they do. I mean, they're not afraid to to make moves and, and changes, and 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 when things you know. When last year, what you had some of those veterans, Michael Waka and and Rich Hill, 
started to kind of slide down. Then you move Waka to the bullpen. You traded Rich Hill. Yep. Um, you know, they're not afraid to do that kind of stuff. So, uh, look, I, as long as as long as that group is running the Rays and you've got guys in the lineup like Wander Franco and Arazarena and that, I think they're always going to be competitive. You know, now a bunch of injuries could derail that, of course. Yeah. Uh, but their they're minor league system's deep, too. So It is. Um, deeper it is. than almost any other team, period. You, it's, yeah. As much as they've brought up a lot of these young guys now, their farm system's still deep. That's what's incredible of what they've built. Yeah, you have Vidal Bruhan, Bruhan. You, I mean, you've got other guys that are going to be, you know, they still don't know what they're going to do with Austin Meadows. Um, you know, Zanino can hit some bomb. I mean, they, they still have a really, really good team. Mm-hmm. Young, young in some areas, and guys that are going to be super. I mean, we only saw it's it's so hard to believe. Like some of these guys didn't come up till late in the season, right? I mean, Wander Franco was here in June. Played what seventy games? Who knows I what think? he can do for? Yeah, who knows what the guy's going to do in one hundred and sixty-two games? My God, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's if he's what he appears to be, yeah. and what he what he was last year, if you translate that over one hundred sixty, it's going to be unbelievable the numbers that he puts up. Last year was Arozarena's first full season. Oh, yeah. I mean, now he's going to be in a second. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's these guys are going to I mean, they're they're going to take off. Brendan Lau's still young, even though he hit forget, his playoff, forget his playoff performance, oh, but for the no. regular season. He's great. He's great until you get to the postseason, man. <laughs> he's got to get the monkey off his back. I I've never seen anything like it. I never have. And I swear to you, go back and watch his first at bat in the postseason. He hits a laser, mm-hmm. an absolute laser. And this is the way baseball is, right? He hits a, a just a dart, what we used to call the blue dart or whatever, on a rope. And it's right like to the second baseman or the right field. I forget where it ended up, but it ended, someone's glove is where it ended up. I mean, the guy didn't move. It was an absolute smash. I'm telling you, if that ball falls in. Whole different postseason. He, he takes a breath. He's one for one. Then he maybe he's one for two, and maybe he gets out of that game one for three. But you know what? He is not swinging the way he was swinging after after you just get tighter. The hardest thing to do. It's so it's you know you it's the old Joe Man thing. You know we're producers, not directors. Like we could direct the ball, we'd we'd bat a thousand. But all you can go up there is produce a good at bat, a good swing, make good contact. But I'm telling you. You can when you go up there and you hit one on the screws. You can go up there three times, hit it on the screws. But you get you know what you do when you get up there the fourth time? I got to get a hit. I got to get a hit. I got to get a hit. I need one to fall in. And as soon as that creeps into your mind, you're done. You're done. You're starting to second guess your pitches, pitch selection, count. You're thinking. You know, it's the old Crash Davis thing. Don't think, idiot. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, so, but I'm telling you, as a former player, I just. I, th- I felt so bad for him because, like, okay, he's got to overcome that postseason. He had such a bad postseason. Like, oh, my God, he smacked. Oh, right at the guy. It's like, okay, give me a break. And you can see it on his face. He's like, really? Mm-hmm. And, then, and, then, and then he didn't know what to swing at. So. All right, Luis had uh, tweeted us. So do you think the Bolts will stay put this trade deadline, or do we deal a player for a new one? If so, who would we part ways with? Well, tell me who gets injured, but in, in, in general, I think they've made moves over the last couple of years before they got into the postseason. So, Steve, I'm going to leave it to you, but I, I think that they probably will make a move somewhere. Well, here's the thing that, that they have to deal with this year is, one, they're up against the cap, so it's pretty much dollars in for dollars out. Mm-hmm. And they don't have any players on their current roster that they can send down without going through waivers. So if you're going to add a forward, let's say you add a fourth-line center whatever, you need to probably eliminate one guy off your roster because of salary cap reasons. Mm. So Taylor Radish, Boris Kachuk, take your pick, probably one of those two. Mm-hmm. You send them down to minors. Well, they're going to get claimed off waivers. They're not yep, going to make it lose down them. there. Yep. Cal Foot's the same way on the defensive end. So most likely, if you're going to make a move, somebody's going to go out off the active roster. You're not just going to trade prospects or a pick. You're going to trade a current player. If you think you need to improve your defensive back end, are you willing to trade Cal Foote for someone you think can help you more this year win a Stanley Cup? Right. Or if you think you need to add some more grit to your fourth line or 
a more experienced center who could take face-offs or you know, whatever else to a forward group? Are you willing to get rid of Matthew Joseph, Boris Kachuk, Taylor Radish, which you have a future with them, Many, same with Cal Foot. But if you think adding name the you know whoever the player is mm-hmm. gives you a better chance this year to win a Stanley Cup, you might be willing to part with one of those guys. I, I don't know if they will. I mean, the one thing about the Lightning is it's a very tight locker room. And, you know, you start trading guys off the active roster, it can affect that locker room. Now, I, I don't know if you if you were to trade a Taylor Radish or a Boris Kachuk or Cal Foote, who are in their first year in the team, if that would really cause issues. But a Matthew Joseph could. Or if you traded a Ross Colton, if you were really getting somebody that thought could. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to trade Ross Colton, but just throwing the names out there that you could try to trade. Mm-hmm. You know, Andre Palat's going to be a free agent. Would you risk trading him for somebody? Now, that gives you a lot more money you could bring in, so you're probably bringing in a bigger player. Maybe. Let but me that, ask you one, about that, Palat. One, that one could really affect the room a lot. I mean, he's been there a long time. He has, and he does a lot of stuff that maybe mm-hmm. goes unnoticed. But mm-hmm. I, I, let me say this about Palat. I haven't noticed him of late. He, he hasn't scored since mid-January, I think. That's crazy to me, right? Um, of course, the postseason he tears it up. But. Yeah, well, and and they they have switched the lines around a lot. Some I I I almost wonder if there's not an injury or something there. I'm thinking, yeah, you know, something nagging, something because yeah, at the beginning of the year you noticed him a lot, and you haven't noticed him as much recently. I don't now, notice him. Mm-mm. The team's been in a little bit of a funk lately too, so maybe that's part of it as well. I mean, I don't think I don't think Nikita Kucherov's played that well of late. The last mm-hmm. you know this little road trip, I mean, he's played okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll notice him in spurts in, in this. I don't know if Braden Point's played his best lately. I mean, I think John Cooper yesterday or on Tuesday had talked a lot about, you know, the February schedule messed him up. And, and you know, they really didn't get breaks and and they got out of rhythm and the way the schedule laid out. And, he you know, he just laid out a lot of a lot of things that just have thrown the team off. And it's not necessarily excuses, but it's reality. I mean, you know, the other part is this team – is going to make the playoffs. It would take a, 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 a colossal collapse. I mean, the eight teams in the in the Eastern Conference are pretty much known. Possibly Columbus can overtake Washington or somebody like that, but doubtful. Um, you know, I mean, the teams are pretty much known. You're just ba- basically playing for seeding and to get ready for the playoffs at this point. So, you know, people get upset at the, some of the Lightning and they had a three-game losing streak, and we had a question about that. Is that causation of the road trip or a deeper flaw with the team i'm not worried about the team i I think there's look they get everyone's best shot every night not only are they defending stanley cup champs but two-time defending stanley cup champs and a lot of these teams have never faced the lightning as defending champs because last year they only played seven teams in your division they haven't been to canada yeah it's the first time you're playing calgary it's the first time you're playing colorado it's the first time you're playing the Kings is the first time you're playing the Rangers. You're getting everybody's best shot. You're a measuring stick game for them. Mm-hmm. And are the Lightning up a hundred percent for every game? I'm not saying they're not trying, but you know, if the playoffs started today, would this team play differently than they they did the other night? I think so. Yes, I think yes. they've proven that. Yeah. Uh, Dave Michigan brought up a good point uh, er- earlier on Wednesday. On, on the the Power Lunch show that he and Greg Linelli host every day at noon, you know, two years ago, right before the pause, they came out of the Christmas break and went on a stretch of twenty three two and one. Played incredible hockey, mm-hmm. and that's an incredible stretch of twenty six games. You only miss out on five points in those twenty six games. But after that, they went three six and one. Yeah, they, they kind of limped into the playoffs. They were stuffed. Well, at the pause, that's when they paused the season. That's when. That was two right. years ago as COVID oh, okay, hit yeah. and everything shut down. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they came out of a stretch of twenty three, two and one, all of a sudden were three, six and one, and, and it was like, what happened to this team? I mean, you have ebbs and flows of a season. Hey, it's and, a grind. An eighty two game season, you're not playing your best eighty two games. Ba- just like no. baseball, you're not playing your best one hundred and sixty two games. Yeah. It's you know, the biggest thing in hockey and, and baseball and all this is avoid the long losing streaks. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna lose two in a row. Oh, it's okay. You lose three in a row, it's okay. but don't lose five, six. Yeah, yeah. You know, avoid those long losing streaks, and and 
try to stay healthy and get ready for the playoffs. I don't think there's a, a deep flaw with this team. I think if they would look to add at the trade deadline, you might look to add another center for faceoffs. Maybe you can play some penalty kill as well. Mm-hmm. Um, look for another right-handed shot defenseman. You know, and maybe you do trade a cow foot for that. If you find yeah. someone you think can, that's going to give you a really good shot to win a cup this year, maybe you do trade a guy like that. I, I don't, <laughs> you know, it's a tough decision because, you know, Julian Breezeball has said, look, we're trying to win a cup, but you're trying to win a cup for years to come too. Right. And so you have yeah, to you balance don't want to rob that. the future. Yeah. yeah well, it, it, you want to make sure it gives you a legitimate shot. If you're going to trade away picks or prospects or mm. a player like Cal Foot, who you project to be on your roster for years to come, is this truly helping you get to the, your goal of a Stanley Cup? Yeah. You know, whether the Lightning make a move and the trade deadline's Monday at three o'clock, you know, it's a lot of it's going to be who's available and, and what the price is, but you're probably going to have to lose a guy off the current roster to make a deal. Interesting. Well, I think they got enough to win now if they decide to go that route, but, uh, you know, some, sometimes injuries play into it. We still got a couple games to go before the deadline, so we'll see what, uh, what happens there. All right, more free agent frenzy coming up the rest of the week, I'm sure. I think the Bucks are starting to, uh, as I said, slow down, but there'll be plenty of action. If uh, we don't know where Deshaun Watson's going, we're going to know shortly. By the time you hit this podcast, uh, the Lightning, of course, will be wrapping up their road trip, and we've got baseball getting ready to play some games starting on Friday. So that's going to be something to look forward to. Uh, Major League Baseball again, back and playing games. It'll be fun. So... Keep it right here. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow for Steve Versnick. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.